0: Heavenly Father, we bless your name. Lord, we ask this evening that you'll anoint your word. You'll anoint me, your servant. You'll anoint your people. Jesus, you are the Lord, you are the God, you are the creator. We ask that you reveal yourself to us at another plane, in another plane, another level, on another plane altogether. We ask that as your word is coming forth, that the grace and peace that is multiplied according to the knowledge of the Father and of our Lord Jesus Christ will come to us. I ask that discernment will come to your people. I ask that gifts will be given to your people. I ask that impartation will be released this evening. Lord, that... You will take that which is of you that you have placed upon me and deposit it upon your people, Lord. That you will deposit upon this church. Let there be a reward of oh God. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. All right, let's just let's just go straight and uh, let's see if we make eight o'clock. If we can just do thirty minutes, I think what I'll do this evening is to just speak two of the points last week last two weeks i started the introduction last two weeks we started talking about the the reward of a prophet and we look at so Okay. So we we started looking at Matthew chapter 10 verse 40 down to the last verse. And I think we can even read it again because that is the foundation to what we are dealing with. The subject we are looking at Matthew chapter 10. We look at verse 40, 40, 41, and then verses 40, 41, and 42. And the Bible says that he who receives you receives me. He who receives you receives me. And he who receives me receives him who sent me. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. Verse 42. And whoever receives one of these little, sorry, whoever gives one of these little ones only a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple shall also receive a reward or the Bible says shall not lose his reward. So we started looking at this title, The Reward of a Prophet, I gave a background as to when this subject began to emerge in my spirit and over the period of time it went on and got developed. Uh, One of the Wednesday services like that, people were asking questions. We came normal service. I mean, our Wednesday services used to be we come and sometimes it's prayer, we come and sometimes we just interacting. It was just pure fellowship. Even now it's still pure fellowship, but we have kind of gauged. We will not assume we know. We have kind of have have gauged where we know the spirit of God is leading us. So we are following. If we come to a meeting and it's purely for worship, we will do worship. Purely for prayer, we will do prayer. So we have kind of, have gauged where we see the Spirit of God taking us. And we believe God has a way to do with us, has a plan for us. So people were asking questions and then this very thing dropped. Uh, we started talking about the potency, the power, the life force that is in the Word of God, that must bring us to a certain place. So this subject of the reward of a prophet came up. So I took it upon myself, I developed it, I gave time to read, I wrote more on it. So we looked at the New King James, we looked at the Good News Bible, how there are some similarities, and then uh, certain things are translated. But then we said that the reward of a prophet is not an independent truth. The, this statement, the reward of a prophet, is not an independent truth on its own as to place emphasis on a prophet, a certain prophet, as to place emphasis on the prophet, as to place emphasis on the ministry of a prophet only. You know, pe- people can just look at this verse, and the point is that we, we, we look at scriptures in isolation. We take verses in isolation. As a result, there, there is chaos because that is not a law. The Bible must be taken as the complete full Bible and things that are taken from the Bible must be interpreted in, within the context of the entire Bible. So you can't take the Bible when the Bible says that, um, I'm gonna say something. Uh, where the Bible says that an eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth. That is clearly an Old Testament quote. So somebody heads you up to. And in the Old Testament enemies, I'm just giving an example of how people interpret Bible and then we get into problems. In the Old Testament, your enemy is physical. Your enemy is physical. In the, the New Testament, there's been a translation. Even though we don't dispute That there are people who are physical enemies and people working against you and who may want to trouble you. In fact, as a matter of fact, not me, going to shrines and going places and pronouncing your bad name like somebody is even trying to do in my home. Telling you, when these things happen in the New Testament, we look at it with a spiritual eye. So that if we deal with the problem spiritually, we can deal with the problem physically. But in the Old Testament, another thing you see in the Old Testament is that your hatred for evil as far as exterminating, decapitating, removing the life of that person or that society or that community, that group of people who are actually flouting the law of God, your hatred for them in em- annihilating them, completely wiping them out, is called righteousness and love of God. But in the New Testament, the Bible says, love your enemies. <laughs> you see, so if we take Old Testament codes and we don't interpret the Bible very well in the light of the entire Bible, entire scriptures, then we will be making mistakes. We'll be committing errors and become heretic. So we we said that the reward of a prophet, the teaching on the reward of a prophet is not an independent truth. It's not a truth on its own alone to say that, hey, the reward of a prophet. So we only concentrate on a prophet, the ministry of a prophet, the office of a prophet, a certain prophet. Rather, it is linked to, it is analogous. It is part of being being sent by God. That reward of a prophet or a prophet, as we look at it, is one that is sent by God, that propagates the kingdom, that pushes the kingdom, that makes the kingdom to go forward. In the context as Christ spoke it. So we are looking at the reward of a prophet in the context as Christ spoke it. Not in the context of, I am a prophet, I have a reward. So, I give you an example, how somebody was told, he said, you, you are not doing the work of God. I am doing the work of God, so give me that phone that you have so that I can continue the work of God. I mean, the work of a pastor may not necessarily be the work of God. So I say I'm doing the work of God. It may not necessarily be the work of God. So we have to look at this topic within the context of Christ spoke it, not within the context of our thinking. You know, people look at the Bible and interpret the Bible through the lenses of their experience. Because my father was not good, God the Father is not good. I cannot relate to God as God the Father. Because I didn't have a good father. You know that kind of thinking. People interpret the Bible within their culture. They look at it and say, ah, look, there's politics. We can vote. So God, we can vote for God and we vote for Satan. We can choose. (laughs) That kind of thinking. It is all culture. It is colored lenses. cultural lenses. I mean, background, where people are coming from tend to affect the way they interpret the Bible. But we as an apostolic people, a people grounded on prophetic truth, what the Bible describes as present truth, we want to ensure that we look at the Bible in the light of how Jesus interprets it so that we can be saved. So last week, I said that God is opening new realms to us. God is opening new opportunities to us. As a result, new truth is coming. We said these truths are supposed to be transporters. They are, so, they are the very thing, yet they are transporters. The truth spoken. He said the words that I speak to you, they are spirit. So these words are greater that they are spirit. It is actually spirit, and it's supposed to transport you into spirit. I hope you understand. So it's actual, it's the actual thing healing and god says that you have a gift of healing it is you have that word spoken is supposed to bring you so the word is both what it is and a transporter an open door a doorway a portal to bring you into the many things that god wants to bring you to. so we cannot be a people that will stop and say god i finished speaking god has more to tell us therefore we are going to be hearing new truth and new expressions that That begins to ground our faith in a different light than you would have heard it. I believe elsewhere, perhaps, somebody would have been talking about this reward of a prophet and there would have been a a total understanding of a focus of a man that is standing in a place who is totally focused on and Christ is out. We don't want to be so. Then we went on to define who a prophet is in the context as Christ spoken. We said the prophet is a divine resource. It's a divine resource, it's a grace. He who receives the grace of God, he who receives in the book of Romans, chapter 5, verse 17, the Bible says that, and they that have received this grace, we said, is a divine resource. Grace is not just unmerited favor, grace, if we say prophetic grace, it is that qualitative measure. I'm saying so many things, I'm saying so many things. Grace is not just a merited favor. Because you are writing, I just realized I'm saying so many things. I'm running, I'm beginning to run. Grace is not just a merited favor, but grace is a divine resource. The, he who receives a prophet, in the name of a prophet, he who receives the grace of God. That may be planted in an earthly vessel. Planted, not may, actually it is. Planted in an earthly vessel. He who receives the grace of God. He who receives the divine resource shall receive the reward that that divine resource carries. So that yes, we may be human beings, but we begin to place value upon ourselves and we honor ourselves because something has changed. It is not just you, a human being. You may you may you may you may have limitations. You may have some faults, but yet God has chosen you as a man or a woman to put grace upon you. To make you bring a doorway to the people of God so that they can have a passage into God's divine resources, divine abilities and opportunities that the Spirit of God brings to them. So, we said the prophet here, we are looking at a divine resource of grace. Then we also said uh, there's something about primacy of grace and spiritual covering. Primacy of grace and spiritual covering is very important. He who receives the prophet, he who receives this man or this woman sent by God, receives the reward of his ministry, he who commits himself to embrace, to to yield to the grace that has become a canopy over that man or that woman, will definitely have that grace working for, for him so yeah it's true people say that the grace upon this man who work for you is actually true because of the kind of relationship then when we begin to talk about primacy of grace and uh, set man and uh, uh, spiritual covering it's a very big thing i'll give you one quick example do you notice how the sin of abraham uh, adam affected you and i it's called covering do you notice how just the salvation work of the cross through jesus christ affected all humanity it changes the landscape it's not covering it's very powerful when god calls a man he, he will put something so unique upon the man and this thing begins to create create a system of provision it is actually the way of god the way he has planned, the way he has programming that thing begins to bring provision it begins to bring supply it begins to bring protection it begins to give permission to how life must run, and we said that the word prophet, as Christ uses, we are looking at this also in a general context. We said it refers to the apostle, it refers to evangelist, prophet, pastor, teacher, and all. So that, like we said earlier, that it must not be taken as an independent truth. To me, only prophet, only prophet. Then Apostle Paul wouldn't have been qualified to go to certain circles to be received. Then Peter is not a prophet; he's an apostle. He shouldn't be received. Then the grace of God pouring upon the house of Cornelius. Then Philip could have gone into the city of Samaria, right, and broadcast the word of God, and the whole city is turned around, and people are healed, and there are miracles, and there is the joy of the Lord because the knowledge of God has come. And then the atmosphere is broken because they receive him. Philip now stands in that place of. Of, of of embattlement of the land and shifts everything. Even though Nebuchadnezzar existed and the son was was on the throne, yet Daniel became the covering in Babylon. To influence the change of events in Babylon and he transcends kings upon kings upon kings. Change Jesus in Babylon and issue even the end time that you are experiencing today. Covering is very important. So, I said after this whole teaching, I'm going to focus sometime next year on teaching on spiritual covering. Teach deeply on spiritual covering. Because we are just not an ordinary church, so we cannot just come and gather and say, God will bless you, God will bless you, and we walk home. <laughs> we must be thinking strategically. Yes, we know God will bless us, and we will say it to ourselves, God will bless us. God has blessed us. In fact, every day is a blessing. He keeps blessing us, and we will walk in such success because success is part of the blessing. It's part of the pronouncement over us. We will shine, we will make the money, we will have wealth. I want to see Bilones rise. When was that? Saturday? Was that saying it Saturday, right? I want to see Bilones rise in this church. Yes, I want to see Bilones. Millions, billions, and zillionaires, and whatever. Filthy rich, golden rich, dusty rich. Powerful. Yet, we want to walk strategically in spiritual truth that establishes us in God. In God. Then we also went ahead and we said, the prophet, he will receive a prophet. The prophet is a gift to the body of Christ. Like, I am a gift to this local church and a gift to the body of Christ. I am, first of all, even a gift to my home, my wife is a gift to me, I am a gift to her. We are a gift to our children, our children are a gift to us. And if we do not embrace them and they do not embrace that, they do not get the full benefit of the protection and grace. I was telling a lady, I said, listen, you'll be very surprised that, you see our covering, covering and gifts of the covering words. You'll be very surprised that a parent may be very poor. Let's actually say very poor. Yet your parents do not die. Then somebody's parents are very rich then the, the, the two of them just die shortly after some time you see these children begin to struggle but you whose parents are poor are still alive you may not have means to certain things you realize that your upbringing becomes so solid why the difference is covering because someone was there to steer the affairs so a prophet like me i am a gift to this church and a gift to the body of christ and this church will have to embrace all the Leaders that are going to emerge, or that are emerging, pastors that are with us, what not, are a gift. So God do not just call an apostle or a prophet. God first of all gives that apostle or a prophet or teacher or evangelist to the people, for the people, to empower them with grace, a divine resource, to provide them spiritual covering that gives them permission to succeed in life and to. To bring them through through the purposes of God. So we said, we move on to now talk. What is the reward of a prophet? And we said the reward of a prophet um, places everything. This is a very important point. Places everything beyond the prophet. The reward of a prophet is not me because I have nothing to give. Peter said it. <laughs> he said, look, silver and gold we do not have. But in the name of Jesus. It is beyond Peter. Sometimes some men of God behave, that is Acts chapter 3, some men of God behave as if they know and understand why God creates certain miracles in the place. You have no clue. You are a vessel. We, we in looking at that issue of a gift, we look at John chapter 1 verse 6, he said there was a man whose name, he said a man whose name is John, he was sent from God. Now we say that he must be a man, but yet the man must be sent. We said it must be a man, yet the man must be sent in 2nd Corinthians 4 17 or oh, 4 7. Sorry, it says that we have this earthly, we have this treasure in earthly vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. There is nothing you have to offer. He said, What do you have in Corinthians? What do you have which were not given? You are just a steward. So, we, we as spiritual leaders, covering set people gifts to the body, gifts to our local community and families. We primarily become a portal and stewards of divine grace, of divine resource. God has a bowl of water. He wants to supply it to feed a generation and water them. He says, this is the man, this is the woman who carry it. So it becomes important, therefore, we take note, we take note that it is not you, it is not I who have set the man. It is God who has set him. So he says there was a man who was sent, sent from God. Now we say that it's only the spiritual that is of real value, anything if you want to play with value. Because we're talking about reward and quickly we start thinking, hey, then the grace will have to work for me. I'll get a car. I'll be. yes, all of those things are good and I will continue to acknowledge that. Be conscious of getting miracles in all of those areas. but. That consciousness must not supersede the consciousness of the kingdom. I want a miracle. I want a breakthrough. Yes, no qualms, no battles, no fight over that. But we are not going to build a ministry around a blessing ministry. Apostle Paul did not say he was a wise master blesser, but he said he was a wise master builder. So we are going to build ourselves around wise master graces, the ability to build people, shape them, Define them as God. So that grace defines. We said, we quoted a scripture in Ephesians 3. It says, The grace of God, verse 2, given to me for you. Grace of God given to me for you. So, in the experience of a prophet or an apostle, is grace that is coming to you. Um, so, we said, the, the only thing that is of real eternal value is the spiritual. It is only the spiritual that is of real value, real eternal value. Now we started saying, what are the rewards? Reward number one we looked at, we said, is that the wine skin, very important, very, very important. Many people do not know it. They go to school, they learn in management and understand certain philosophy about culture of organization and the rest and how things are done in organization, but they know Never ended. Some of them stand in as men of God with great honor upon them, but they are not able to see beyond to notice that spiritually it actually stands the same. We said that one of the rewards of not number one, but one of the rewards of the prophet is the wine skin, or let me put it this way: the changing wineskin of the church. Changing of the wineskin of the church. So we said the wineskin of the church. And the individual like becoming a prophet, not just prophetic. So the prophet makes you prophetic. But we we begin to be as a church in terms of how we do things. Our teachings, our worship, our culture, our language, our understanding, the way we would go about things. The level of care, passion, dedication, the wineskin of the individual life and the entire church is changing because they have received a prophet and therefore they are getting that reward. So, we quoted these wonderful passages in the Bible. Or, uh, before I quote them, we said, So we can say that the church will become apostles apostolic churches and apostolic people prophet prophetic people and prophetic churches we say a change of the wine skin of the local church and the global church if you see many pastors who don't know that if you have a prophet in your team it actually saves you a lot but for the kind of wrong examples that we've had so people don't regard these prophets, they just come and say mentions and names and addresses. And that is where we begin to begin to falter also. Because the prophet is beyond name, names and addresses. That is just one of the manifestations of the grace. Just one of the small aspect of the grace. But the prophet is a full hall, it's a full grace, it's a full garment, it's a full capacity. When it hits the foundation of a church, the Bible says in Ephesians 2, verse 19. 20 said you are built upon the foundation of apostles and prophets, with Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. When he hits the foundation of a church, the way the church thinks, the songs that they sing changes. Come and do butter, my bread, sugar, my cocoa, good song, fine. But and then people begin to think strategically and begin to sing, I will arise, I will arise, I will arise and live. In the days of Nehemiah. I mean, they, they begin to think differently. Now, somebody goes and look at. And Nehemiah, Nehemiah asked the people to gather money and bring. Finish. No building technology, no building understanding. It shifts the way we understand. That is why when we embrace teachings, embrace the ministry, even as a prophet is ministry and mention names and addresses, and if he stands upright under the grace of God, and it's fully utilising, I'm not saying utilising fully entering into the utilisation of the entire release This will happen. You'll start catching divine abilities as a church and as individuals that naturally were not at your disposal at the time. So we said, meka says that uh, in verse 13 of chapter 1, then sp-, uh, not meka Haggai, it said, then spake Haggai, old King James, then spake Haggai, the lost messenger in the lost message. So the prophet comes with a grace, and it's, it's a bundle of the grace that he believes it. The lost messenger in the lost messenger. So the changing wine skin. We said uh, that Moses said, don't you know that my people become prophets? Now today, let me just touch on this one briefly. Maybe that one alone, and we close. Then next week, I take another one. The reward of a prophet. One of the reward of a prophet that we must not about. But okay, I'm going to see the prophet, and I need a miracle, Yes. I go if I if I have an appointment with the prophet, prophet I'm coming to see. Prophet, I have this issue. (coughs) Excuse me, I have this issue. But as I'm sitting before the prophet, we are discussing that issue. I am looking for something beyond that temporary. Do you know that the prophetic is not a panacea for your problems? It doesn't heal your problems. You come out of one problem, you wake up the next day, there's another problem. So people don't understand. Yet seek breakthrough for any phase of life. Yet seek for that which is more powerful. Many people benefited from Elijah. But Elijah says, as long as my soul lives and God lives, we are not going. He wants something that is more of eternal value. than So, one of the things that we get from prophet is this. What we get from true servants of God, purified, process, dedicated to God's processes, is sight of the kingdom. 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 Of the kingdom. And you can put a dash. You can put a dash. The king and his domain sight of the kingdom. dash the king in his obey. It's quite unfortunate and it's a hard cry, I believe, of God himself and even the Lord Jesus Christ who keep interceding for his church, that some of the prophets we have have not done good to the church. Secondly, our society, part of the problems we have is largely a reflection of the kind of church we have and therefore the kind of church the kind of priesthood we have it is very sad that uh, a lot of the prophets today cannot point us to the kingdom but rather some point us to their vision some point us to a building they are building some point us to earthly benefits no spiritual, no eternal relevance. Do you know? And according to a movie uh, by, that's Gladiator, Gladiator, Maximus, there's a guy in Gladiator called Maximus. He said, Whatever you do in, in this realm, it echoes in eternity. So a lot of our prophets have taught the people to become earthly relevant and eternally bankrupt. There's no investment that is going to heaven. There's no deposit in the bank of heaven. They are not looking for eternal reward. They are looking for now reward. It's unfortunate, but we want to be a group of people, a church, solidly grounded in this kind of understanding that when we have a reward from a problem, one of the things that affects or is impacted is our sight. Our sight is our worldview, the way we see things. The way we understand things. The way we take the Bible and we look at the Bible differently. The way we interpret even the events in the earth. The way we look at situations. Somebody can have a dream and say, okay, it's your mother. Then we say, no, it's not just about your mother. But there's something more important here. There's something more important here we need to look after. Sight. 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 And the prophet leads her to see the kingdom. So, Isaiah chapter 33, verse 17. I'm going to quote another of scriptures here. Maybe two scriptures or something. Isaiah chapter 33, verse 17. Your eyes will see the king in his beauty. They will see the land that is far off very simple passage your eyes will see the king in his beauty they will see the land that is far off. one of the things the prophet bring to us as a reward is sight and therefore we begin to see the liberty the freedom the free ranging the ability to gaze and see beyond yourself. The ability to go beyond here, the ability to look beyond the walls and pierce through the mist, the dark mist, and be able to clearly perceive the king. The Bible says that, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you will never see me again until you shall say, Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. Many are not seeing the king, they are not seeing Christ. Today's teachings is purely centered on needs. But the person who actually makes needs solved is Christ. And when you become born again, let me quote the scripture and then continue. When you become born again, one of the key, most important, precious things that is given to you is sight. When the prophet comes back into our churches, when a true let me not just say the prophet. When a true prophetic grace be sent upon us, one of the key things that is restored to us, given to us as a reward, is the elementary thing of sight. John chapter three verse, three, verse three, it says that except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom. Sight for the kingdom is elementary; is at the entry stage into the kingdom. It is part of the born-again experience. But when we got born-again and the kind of Christianity we've had, it has erased out of our dictionary and our experience of evolutionary living. Our constant living daily, inciting the kingdom, seeing the kingdom, beholding the kingdom, and possessing the kingdom, got lost. So, a key thing is that the hallmark of a prophet or the prophetic office, the hallmark of the apostolic office, the hallmark of the evangelistic, or that which must be of evangelists, that which must be of the pastor and the teacher, and the prophet and the apostle, is this one thing. The grace of the prophet is sight, and a never-ending sight of the kingdom. If I say sight, you see now, never-ending. Your daily walk, your... 20 years from now, these eyes must not go dim. The Bible says in 32 of Isaiah, the verse 3 and 4, it says that, for let me just quote the verse 3. It says that the eyes that see shall not go dim, shall not go blind. It is an issue of our ability to accurately understand the requirements of the kingdom. I give you an example. I'll stop on this. Isaiah 32, verse verse 3. We have a problem. And the problem is our inability to accurately understand the design of things. How things are shaped in God's mind. How things are, how God seeks to initiate a thing. Let's say, we are dealing with the issue of Let's say, We have money, so we go on radio, but as God wants us to be on radio, it is a primary question. We can go on radio. We don't need anybody's permission, but we need God's permission. We can say, oh, we're going to build orphanages. Did God say as part of the expression of the kingdom through you build orphanages? Then there's a problem. So you may have all them and say, okay, then uh, I'm getting sponsorship from America. Oh, I've getting this passage from Britain. And they say this money, they have this money, if we, have, if we can go into building orphanages, they will get this money every year. So because of the money, we go into ministry. A prophet is not motivated by the needs around, but he's motivated by the need of God. He shares in the burden of God. He's Jeremiah. He is burdened by God. He carries a burden. He shares in God's passion, not in the passion of men. So there is a law, and the prophet clearly helps us see. So here we say, we say that the Bible says, your eyes shall see the king in his beauty. They shall see far distant land. There, there, is, there is permission to freely see. There is permission to dream with God, the prophet brings and never-ending dreaming of God. They shall see the land that is afar off. The land that is afar off. They shall see the kingdom of God. They shall see the king. They shall behold him in his beauty. One thing I desire, that I will dwell in the temple of God and that I may behold his beauty. Psalm 27 verse 4. They give you the ability to be able to clearly Know who this king is and the dominion. Now let's talk about the king and his dominion. If we immediately we'll begin to talk about the king and his dominion. What are some of the things that come to your mind? This this aspect is leading to what I want to teach from the man Abram is we started to rise right? so to something that, that's that's different. What are, what are something we talk about? A king, what are some of the things that come to your mind? King. Domain, kingdom. we still do it again on Monday. And coming Monday. Not this one, the coming one. What are some of the things that come to mind? The king and his people. The king and his people. Suddenly, there is no longer emphasis on building. I know of a church, they say we are building a very great building because Solomon built a very great building. So the people will dwell in the building and God will leave them. (laughs) We prefer God to dwell in us. We live as perfectly in God in this small place. We live as perfectly in Christ in this small place. We live as perfectly, sometimes we walk to church, sometimes we don't have money, we don't have food, we don't have, we live as perfectly in God. And those who live in affluence also live, because if, if the measurement of, of the kingdom is necessarily prosperity, then American church is better. Because a lot of, a lot of American churches have money and they can go wherever and do whatever, jump on the internet and do that. So we have a lot of inaccuracies of the kingdom being painted around. People cannot see the king. So we see the king and his people. We see something called community. We see dominion. We see power. We see law. We see government. We come back to it next Monday. The next two Mondays. Power, government, dominion, rulership, authority. You are not permitted to do anything you want to do. The prophet begins to bring us into a place of total submission unto God. Other than... I am a law to myself. This is a very great reward. And if you should take this prophet we are describing, who brings this reward? And you take what we have largely in our society, you see marked lawlessness against that which is upright. And those are the things we are coming up against. In our teachings, in our exposition, those are the things we are battling against. Those are demonic princes that are being overthrown as we speak the word of God. And to begin to open the blind eyes. Jesus said, look at this prophet. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Heal the sick. I will open the prison yards. And to give sight to the blind. And people just wrote it on blind eyes. Open. That is one Sight to the blind. So he says, you become born again. The first thing I give you is, you see the kingdom. Seeing the kingdom is supposed to be free. Every child that is born of sight. And every child that is born in the kingdom must have sight. It's the essence of saying prophetic ministry I've started. It's not when we now come to lay hands on you. It is when I give my life to you, I'm born again, sight is imparted. And the prophet comes to activate, fine tune, open, make sure it is working and the people can move. Let me quote this last scripture, Isaiah chapter 32. Isaiah 32, let's look at two verses there. The next time we meet, if it's God's will, we will talk about the reward of Christ and the revelation of Christ as a reward. The reward that is of The reward which is Christ and the revelation of him. We don't want to, we don't want to, we need things. We want it, I want a miracle. As a matter of fact, this evening I'm seeing, I'm seeing, uh, I'm seeing like some car break too. I don't know who it belongs to. I'm seeing it. We, we need it, it must come. If God doesn't want us to have it, he wouldn't permit us to see. But when we see, we walk in it. But we keep our proud focus, our topmost priority, On the kingdom. As a matter of fact, the Bible says, Seek ye first. I mean, you want to see. I want, I want. He says, Rather go after the kingdom first. Matthew 6 33. Seek you first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. The kingdom is of glory and of power, is of doctrine, is of teaching. So you see, we have something called the kingdom, the gospel of the kingdom, not the gospel of salvation. So many people are preaching gospel of salvation. But we want to preach the gospel of the kingdom. It is bigger. Gospel of salvation is just something small. In the gospel of the kingdom. Isaiah 32, let me read the two verses. Behold, a king will reign in righteousness. A king will reign. Behold, see. See the king. And he's going to be the type of king. That will sit enthroned in righteousness. It's beginning to define sight of the kingdom. and It says the kingdom is built and grounded in righteousness. The book of Romans says that the kingdom of God is in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. These are characteristics of the kingdom. These are characteristics of the kingdom. It says behold, see, let your eyes, you want to see, sight must all be the kingdom. Not I grab this, I grab that. When we grab the kingdom, when we see the kingdom, we walk in the kingdom and all of the fullness of the righteousness. Something unique happens. Every other thing comes. It comes. It comes. It It chases after us. It chases after us. When I teach you and you get grounded and built in God, you know what happens? You start prospering spiritually. And as you prosper spiritually, you now begin to prosper physically, because the measure of the prosperity is defined in the spirit. As a man is in his house, so you see, God, you have out of it flows the issues the boundaries of your life. How far you can go, how far I can go. So as we increase spiritually, it says that um, that you may prosper even as your soul prospers. Is it first, second John, or third John? He even as a supreme. So behold, see, half sight, half accurate sight. The accurate sight is citing the king. He will reign. He will have dominion, rulership, power, command, and authority and influence in righteousness. And princes will rule with justice. If fact, other translation will say, and princes will rule with him. Let me see if I can find that and read it. Read, let me read the um, New Living Translation. New Living Translation. See at this energy. See, a king will reign in righteousness, and rulers will rule just. Let me go to New Living I like New Living Look, a righteous king is coming, and honest princes will rule under him. Which one do you want? The miracle? Just a breakthrough? Or you want to step in rulership authority power? The reward of a prophet is to bring back into the church rulership authority and power. Please take note of that. In the, the reward is to bring back into the church rulership authority and power of the kingdom. Rulership authority and power of the kingdom. An honest princess, rulership authority, power. Again. And honest princes who rule under him. There is a king, rulership authority of a kingdom. He brings back that into the church. So when we br- embrace through prophetic ministries and through apostolic ministries and the rest, this is what happens. We begin to see clearly the kingdom. We see the king, his dominion, how he operates. His plans, his strategies, his purposes for the earth. And then what happens? You and I begin to stir as princes in the spirit of righteousness and honesty, begins to rule under him. Each one, each one will be like a shelter from the wind. Each one. That's the verse 2 of Isaiah 32 each one of these princes will be like a shelter from the wind and a refuge from the storm, like streams of water in the desert and the shadow of a great rock in a patched land. If in the desert there is no place, there is no space, there is no place of safety at all, the Bible says that these princes are going to stand in an extreme dry, patched land. No water. And there will be like a pillar of a great rock that is standing and people will go hide from the heat of the sun. <laughs> who no what this one? I want this. I want my life to be this. That is how come God will make you raise a business, raise generations. Because God knows that you are becoming a priest who is ruling in power and authority under your king. Let me read it again. Look, the righteous king is coming, and honest princes will rule under him. Each one will be like a shelter from the wind, and a refuge from the storm, like streams of water in the desert, and the shadow of the rock in the land. This is it. It's, I mean, sometimes people run to places because they want quick instant miracles. They just want quick instant miracle. But they don't want that which will bring the protection. That will make permission. They say, Demons, don't touch this one. She is safe. So we, then we are not touching her. Because demons and principalities understand something called kingdom. If they see a man walking and operating with rulership, authority, and power, they respect the man. This one is our kingdom. When they see a man or a woman operating as wayward, they know. And they will partner with that one, probably destroy everything. Kill the person. Wipe out. Destroy everything. So I give you, when David came, and David is a representation of the kingdom, is a kingdom coming through, coming, the kingdom of Christ expressed through David. He was Christ in type in the Old Testament. He pointed to that which was truly to come. David. When the Philistines' law, uh, what is it? Goliath came. Saul, who was not walking in the power of the kingdom, Saul, who was not walking in the laws of the kingdom, who could not see the kingdom and build accordingly, was even trembling. And Goliath could terrify him. But then when David came, he said, Listen, you come against me with a sling and a stone as if to attack a dog. You come against me with all those gods of the Philistine, but I come against you in the name of the host, the Lord of hosts who leads the armies of Israel. The guy invoked a different. So the Bible tells us in First Chronicles chapter 12, it says that. So the army of David, they kept coming every day by day, and the army of David grew till it became like the army of God. How can God place his army side by side and say, Look at David's army and God's army? Say, no difference. It's about kingdom. So let me end this way. We are a church that is creating sight. We are a church that is making the scales fall off our eyes. We are a church that is breaking the seal of darkness. And therefore, we are basically raising leaders, princes. You're not raising slaves. You go elsewhere, everybody's a slave. But here are princes who must eat of the choice pieces not of just anything, we are raising princes. So some people prefer to just be slaves. Like I told you of the dog in my house, even this morning, when I was about to leave, he jumped out and said you, today I will deal with you. I chased him wherever he was going to. I must make you a prince by force. Then finally, after we got close to the house, I lost him, he, he escaped somewhere. When I was about to leave, he rushed in and said, hey, he must become a prince. We need people to rise to the place of princes, not slaves. The kingdom is beautiful. When David steps into the stage, Goliath bows Because the kingdom comes with rulership and authority. And prophet gives us sight. They restore our eyes. We can see again. Now, not just the issue of sight, kingdom, but also prophetic vision is key. When there is a prophetic grace that comes, suddenly we start seeing visions. We start dreaming. We start having prophetic experiences. We start seeing angels. We don't want to cut those ones off. Very important. We start seeing angels. We start looking to the Bible. We see differently. We have experiences, wonderful dreams and God is breaking us up. So we hold the reward of a prophet in this way. Sight for the kingdom and sight into prophetic abilities. We are able to see things, understand spiritual things, interpret dreams, and walk in the signs and wonders of him. God bless. Please just rise. Let's pray in the spirit. Let us pray in the spirit for, for some five minutes. And then we, we close. Mark, attack, Under this God told me. Under this under this grace, under this power, just pray in the spirit and reach out. Reach out because the teaching of the word is supposed to bring us into the reward of